0: Let's dive into missions. So we're going to turn to Acts 1-8, a very famous missions passage, Acts 1-8. And these are the words of Jesus of Nazareth right before he ascended into heaven. Hear the word of God. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came down on the believers at the Feast of Pentecost, where people from all over the world were gathered, and it was the sound of a mighty rushing wind, we read in Acts 2. It looked like, like tongues of flame that rested upon them, and when the Spirit ...that was promised came down upon them... ...they were just energized and filled with joy... ...and they spilled out into the streets of Jerusalem... ...and they began to witness to... ...meaning tell forth the reality... ...of what they had experienced through Christ... And uh, they had been given by the Spirit's power the ability to speak in other languages. And from all these other places, they couldn't believe these Galilean fishermen were addressing them in their own language. So uh, the language barrier uh, that day was was reduced to nothing by the power of the Holy Spirit. But you know the thing I'd like to focus in on in, in, in what happens in Acts 2... Is that when it's it's 3,000 people that put their trust in Christ and and come into the arms of a God who loves them, a God who has sacrificed for them, given them new life through the resurrection? And kind of what I'd like to focus on is just the joy times 3,000 that was happening that day in Jerusalem. You know what was it? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I lose track of time. The the Super Bowl was held, and right after the game, the winning team they drag this stage platform out to the 50 yard line. Y'all have seen this? And so the players go up, and they're kissing the trophy, and you know these like grown men that weigh 322 pounds are crying with joy. And there's their there's some of their wives and some of their children are there, and it's just like absolute joy and confetti is dropping, you know, and we like to eavesdrop into kind of this unmitigated joy uh, that, that, that happened there about three weeks ago. But I'm telling you, that's nothing compared to the joy of being taken from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, taking from the futility of living without God in our lives and without the grace of God, living under cosmic guilt. Before God removed, forgiven, adopted. This is joy. And, uh, and it doesn't even compare to the joy that's in heaven. You know, Jesus said when one sinner repents, there's like a party in heaven. There's like confetti in heaven. Uh, this is multiplied by 3,000 people in Jerusalem that day. But I want you to know, that's only the beginning. Great beginning, but our text is about that as a beginning and about what happened afterwards that we're a part of this story that is coming out of Jerusalem. And so what I want to do, and we've got Bibles under the pews if you want to reach under there and grab one, I want you to go back now to Acts one, which is our chapter, and I want to add a few verses around the verse we read. I'd like to begin with Acts. 1 Verse 4 And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to stay there and wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Wait for it. And so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you. It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you, here's what you need to worry about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, and as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. He ascended. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there just looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up uh, from you, into heaven, will come back one day in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Those were the last words that Jesus gave to his disciples and therefore to us before he ascended. Power will come upon you when the Holy Spirit moves on you. So this is about the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the purposes that Jesus gives us. So there's two ideas I want to explore in the time we have remaining uh, today. First is the purpose of the power. And the second are the places of that power. The purpose of the power. Why are we given the power? And then the places of the power. What, what is the purpose um, of the power of the Holy Spirit given Uh, As Jesus gives these last words, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here's the purpose. And you will be my witnesses. There are lots of purposes of the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit sanctifies, the Holy Spirit heals. There are many manifestations of his power, but the primary purpose is of the power of the Spirit is for them and us to be witnesses. In John's Gospel, in John 16, 7, Jesus actually said this. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. He says, it's actually better if I go. Because if I don't go, I can't send the Comforter. I can't send the Holy Spirit. And the coming of the Spirit as Jesus was ascended and He sent the Spirit uh, would usher in new dimensions of kingdom power for the spread of his gospel and his grace, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Greek word for power here is dunamis. It is the same word that we get our word dynamite. And it's the same power that Jesus by the Holy Spirit gives us today. Do you know there is not one bit of difference between the power of the Holy Spirit in Acts 1 and then in Acts 2 as the Spirit came down and the power given to his church today so stop right there because power is what the whole deal for so many people is really about that's what modern people want give me the power give me the power for living give me personal power to make my life better and we're always searching for a magic lever we're always searching for some kind of power that will make our lives work Give me power so I'll be able to have a more effective business. Give me power so I can stare down fear. Give me power to get more things that I can own and do the things that I want to do. Give me power. But it is as if the Spirit of God is whispering in a still small voice to us this morning, the power is for other people. The power that God gives us is for the good of other people to experience the gospel of grace. But You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. The word witness is used 29 times just in the book of Acts. What is a witness? Well, you all know. You all know what a witness is in court, right? A witness is just somebody that tells what is true. So you don't have to make stuff up to talk about Jesus. Just say, here's what I learned about the gospel. Here's the good news. Here's what happened to me. Here's what's going on in my life. And I just wanted to be a witness. I wanted to testify like a witness in a courtroom. But, you know, it's your neighbor you're talking to, so you don't have to be that formal, to just tell them About the wonder of the grace of God. Well, most people say, I don't know about that witnessing. There's no G on that. Witnessing. I don't know about that witnessing thing. Well, could I just humbly suggest to you that there is not one soul in this sanctuary this morning that is not a witness. It just depends on what you're witnessing about. Everybody naturally is a witness. I mean, for instance, just think about in your life, what are the few things you're talking about with most people as you see them? What are the things you really want them to know about? What are the things you're recruiting them to do? What are the things that you are zealously you know, trying to, to help them understand, wanting them to know about? Whatever it is you're, you're talking about, That's what you're witnessing about. You're saying, this is so great, you've got to know this. Every time you send a YouTube video to somebody, you're witnessing. I love this, it was so funny. Here, see it. And y'all, there's nothing wrong at all with with being excited about a lot of things in, in our lives. I mean, you know, God is just made the world to glorify Him. Human beings are made in His image. There is such beauty and richness in our lives, even though we live in a fallen world and there's brokenness. Don't let anybody tell you that unless you know Jesus, you can't experience any kind of joy whatsoever. We know that's just wrong. You just can't have that reconciliation, that that joy of being His that settledness of soul and a future that is, that is settled as well in and, and the, and the, and the presence of God by the Holy Spirit. The power of the Spirit in my life, in your life, is given primarily to be witnesses about Christ in the way we live in front of other people, and the way how we talk, showing and telling the gospel. I remember as a new believer, um, I wanted to tell some people, and I didn't know how to tell people. And the first people that got a hold of me, who are believers, they kind of were like, in a way, it's kind of good you don't know how to tell. Just, just tell it. In other words, you know, you don't have to like memorize a sentence. Just tell what happened. And uh, these people had a great interest in me, and and so they kind of trained me a little bit how to share the gospel. And man, I was sharing the gospel. I went and I told my extended family about Jesus. It didn't go very well. Uh, you know what they say? This is more like zeal, but you know what they say? A new a new believer plus a burden for witnessing equals brutality. You have to believe this. We're not leaving until you... Don't do it that way, okay? I didn't know any better, and there I was in the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity at Auburn University, plotting. I said, to the shame of all the believers who were already there, you know, it took me being a believer to make everything okay, right? That's wrong, by the way. Um, And I said, what's wrong with you people? Have we y'all? We we need to share the gospel with every single one of these people. They're like, yeah, I know we do. I'm like, well, let's just get a program. I'm like, Mr. New Believer, you know, really wanting to witness, really wanting to share what was real and bless their hearts. And you know what they did? I said, they said, what do you mean? I said, get a list, divide it up. And they're like, for real? And I'm like, oh yeah. Y'all took like a whole year to get to me. We're not putting up with this anymore. And um and so they got a list and and almost pretty near shared the gospel with everybody. Um, some of that didn 't go very well but uh the the lights really were coming on for people, and even in my extended family, several people later, as we more lovingly followed up with the gospel, really did come to a living relationship I, up until about ten years after my Uh, conversion in college I would have like these people from my fraternity call me they like find me and they'd say you remember how bad I treated you when you became a Christian yeah I remember because I'm on your side now I just wanted you to know so uh, that's kind of fun and that gave me a lot of joy to be able to just be a witness to tell people about Jesus and I, I I want you to know that's still a joy in my life I wish that I was more fruitful and effective in it If you're witnessing about something, could we add the grace of God onto your things you're really excited about that you want to tell other people about list? You know, that's the whole purpose, the main purpose of the Holy Spirit, for you to be his witnesses. That's his His grand purpose. So first, what's the purpose of power in Acts 1? The purpose of power is to be his witnesses. Y'all got that? Second is this idea of the places of the power. This is to be witnesses across boundaries and barriers. And it will take nothing less than the power of God for us to be witnesses across boundaries and barriers. Uh, theme of Missions Festival, cross, cross over. It's coming in right here in Acts 1, 8, let me read the text again, and I want you to see these boundaries that that, that fall to the gospel and the spread of the gospel. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, and here it is, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The gospel will cross the street. The gospel will cross over regional boundaries. The gospel will cross cultures with the Samaritans. And the gospel will cross mountains to reach, finally, Rome itself. Which is where the book of Acts is going. Because Rome not only is a long way from Jerusalem, but Rome represents the world. This is... Acts 1-8, our text today, this is the outline of the book of Acts. The power of the Holy Spirit comes to be his witnesses, and the first part is Peter, in Jerusalem, Judea, that's what happens. That's the story that is told in the book of Acts. So, let me put this in terms that we can get our arms around this morning as we begin this journey into missions together. You and I based on this text and others, are called to be both local Christians and world Christians at the same time. That sounds kind of exciting, doesn't it? World Christians. We are called to be both of those. Local Christians and world Christians. You will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know, we might look at it this way, that our Jerusalem would be the greater Jackson area, that we're going to be his witnesses right here as local Christians. Maybe Judea a little further out. Maybe that's our state. Maybe Samaria. Maybe that's other states in the United States. Or maybe that's Louisiana because those people are different and crazy. And they're like Samaria. Um, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't it didn't say this is like a state. or But we're pushing the boundaries out. We're going across boundaries and barriers. And then the ends of the earth. Could we just call that world missions? World missions. But we all must cross. Cross over something to be witnesses. Because of the cross... We have been given the power to cross over boundaries and barriers to be witnesses. People are not going to even understand who Christ is, what the meaning of the cross is, the meaning of the empty tomb. Shorthand, Jesus defeated our sin that keeps us from God on the cross, removes our sin. Jesus defeated death. In the resurrection, and as the raised and ascended Lord can give eternal life as well as forgiveness to anybody who comes to Him, Um, but we got to cross over for people to hear this. You got to cross the street in your neighborhood, right? You got to cross over your yard. You got to stick your head above the fence when your neighbor you can smell hamburgers next door and say, "Hey." Can I come through the gate? Yeah, but you can't have any of my hamburgers. Some will cross state lines. Some will cross international boundaries. But here's the the very interesting thing about it to me. We all are called to be local Christians. You know, there are people that have been called and they have actually moved to other cultures. You know, for instance, Trey and Kiki, Trey's going to be preaching next week. He's coming from Thailand. But Trey and Kiki and their family are called to be local Christians in Thailand. You understand what I'm saying? So we say, ooh, missionaries, they're amazing. Well, they are. We don't have to learn a new language um, you know, we don't have to listen to culture for years to not culturally upset people while we're trying to talk love, uh, the love of God to them. Um, so they are amazing, but there's fundamentally no difference between a local Christian, somebody that's brought, brought there by God, acting locally in Thailand or in Chile. And you, you can read the back of the bulletin where they're all coming from and one in the greater Jackson area. We just call those people missionaries. And all of us are called to participate and support this witness. We need to be local Christians and we need to be world Christians. So uh, I became a local Christian. You know, when I became a believer, put my trust in Jesus and, 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 and God applied his forgiveness to me and brought me into his family. Um, I needed help. I needed to be taught, and there was a group of of believers that were helping me, and uh, and they said, you know, Christ wants you to help other people here on campus at Auburn University to 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 know about Jesus. And I kind of got I got that. You know, it, it was 19 and a half years I never knew, and I was really happy to know Christ, and so I started kind of showing and telling the gospel. Right there where I was, you know, on the quad and in, in certain areas of the uh, where I kind of frequented uh, on the campus. and And God changed lives through it, a few. And God gave great joy to me just kind of living out loud, acting locally to be a witness as a believer. I'll never forget in those early days, one of the people I was really concerned about was my grandfather. Grandfather Papa Jack. Papa Jack didn't go to church. Uh, Papa Jack was kind of gruff, and you didn't bring up religion with Papa Jack. And and he was uh, he's kind of going down, you know. And the family said, you know, Papa Jack's not going to be around a lot. And Marianna, Florida, is not too far from from Auburn University, so I just kind of marked off some weekends to travel down to see my my granddaddy. And and we were in the they had two recliners. Uh, that that was his and her. Recliners, and so I, I got in hers, and we were both reclined and watching the, the TV. And and uh, I said, uh, would you mind if I cut the television off for a minute? There's something I want to say to you. Sure. I was like, this is going to take some courage. And I said, um, I said, you know, Granddaddy, um, you you know so much more about life than I do, and I've learned so much from you, but maybe one thing I might know just a little bit more about than you is Christianity. And, you know, you've probably heard that I I have become a Christian, and I explained what that meant, and I said, look, if you could just, I said, and I said, and you know, you're not in good shape. This is probably not good to tell him. And, you know, it it couldn't hurt with you being in the shape you're in for for me to uh to tell you about christianity and so he goes all right <laughs> so we're just reclining there and i just told him and i said you know i'm gonna pray a prayer i mean i didn't know how to do this i mean you know i was kind of taught you prayer prayer and uh so i'm gonna pray a prayer and you don't need to say anything out loud so I, at the end i prayed this prayer and there was nothing nothing so I went back to Auburn University, my tail between my legs, uh, spiritually, and uh, and then he went into kidney failure. And he was down at Flowers Hospital in Dothan, Alabama, and Mom called me and said, Papa Jack's about to die. You need to go down there right now. So I talked to my professors. Hey, can I, my, my granddaddy's dying? Sure, you can go. So I got in my little car, and I went from, It's even closer, to go from Auburn, Alabama to Dothan, Alabama. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, I was kind of in a hurry going up to, uh, his room in Flowers Hospital and I ran into my mother and my grandmother and I said oh I'm so glad to see you and they said we're going to get some lunch why don't you go up and sit with Papa Jack he's unconscious he's been unconscious for days and so I went in the room and again y'all understand I was very tender and young I went in the room and and it was dark and um so I was just looking at my granddad unconscious about to die and I kind of realized you know nobody else in the room So I kind of snuck over to his bedside and I knelt down by his bedside and I said in my brand new little Christian voice with tears, I said, God, I'm so afraid my granddaddy doesn't know you and I know I'm not in charge of his salvation, but could you, could you wake him up so I could tell him one more time? And y'all, no kidding, he woke up right then. I mean, I was kneeling by his bed. He goes, joy. I was like, ah! <laughs> why are you crying? That's what he said. Why are you crying? And uh, and I just told him why I was crying. I said, you know, I came down here. You've been in kidney failure. I just thought I was going to lose you. And I just, you know, I, I talked to you about the gospel. And, I, you know, and I just, I just asked God if I could just tell you one more time. You know, and he goes, no, I'm okay, you know. I said, excuse me? He goes, you know. I said, Granddaddy, I I don't know. He goes, you know, when you were at my house and we prayed that prayer, I prayed that prayer with you. I said, you did? Like, you don't have to be an expert to just tell people about Jesus. It was a great moment in my life. Um, Maybe about two months ago, I, I was just so privileged to talk to... A friend in my neighborhood that I'd known for 12 years, and ran into him in the cul-de-sac uh, at about 10 o'clock. I went out to the car to get something, and he just basically said, "My life has fallen apart. Could we talk?" Yeah, we can talk. And um, right there in the cul-de-sac, I just told him about Jesus. And he, I said, "You know, when you go home, you could, you could, you could put your trust in Jesus, like sometime tonight, or." later you can, he goes i want to i want to do that i said oh that's so great he goes no i want to do that i said like in the cul-de-sac right now you want to do that he said why not joseph put my arm around him we just pray together y'all this doesn't happen to me all the time by the way i just want you to know but i was you know it's it's cool to be a local christian god's ca- this is the reason for the power of the holy spirit in your life to be a local christian but you know when i was brand new in christ i joined a church and um man i discovered that like this thing about being a local christian is so much more fun when you get to do it with other people and i love being able to get to know people in that body of christ and being able to do ministry together in jesus name that's part of what we are as a family and as a is an opportunity always for you to do ministry let's gather let's get together let's Let's do ministry together. And that was so great. In fact, I enjoyed it so much I became a pastor. Um, but I also became a world Christian very early in my, my young um, spiritual life because it was in that first church that I discovered this thing called missions and church planting and, and the idea that I got to be a part of, Of the gospel going forward and crossing oceans and barriers and cultures and languages. That I got to be a part of something going on in China. I got to be a part of something going on. I don't know about you. And I mean like people actually being touched I'm not talking about a broadcaster, and that's cool too, but I'm talking about people that are actually loving people locally in Jesus' name that I get to be a part of not only being a local Christian, but being a world Christian. It's just amazing. And uh, so I started giving the Faith Promise, like we're going to do next week. Uh, I started like supporting missionaries personally, like on the side, you know. In fact, when Gina, Gina was doing that as well, when we got married, one of the things we were like, we have a lot of missionaries to support, and I don't make that much money. And now we're married, and you're kind of shifting what you do. Um, should we drop some missionaries? We decided, no, let's don't do it. We're world Christians. And that that has been so fun to this day for me as well. You see, Jesus' church is a missionary church, a missional church, by his definition, in Acts eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So let me just ask you in closing, what about you? You want to be a local Christian with us. Or just individually. You want to be a world Christian without you don't. It's so cool to be a part of a church. You don't have to go scouring the internet to find missions to support. We got people you can meet and hear their stories Wednesday night. You're gonna to touch. You're gonna to hear. You're gonna eat some Thai food while you're doing it. So there are three things that um, that I want us to consider going into this missions festival. First of all, I want us to and why don't you write this down? I want us to seek the Holy Spirit in this next week, in the way of saying, "I get it. This is the purpose of the power. I'm asking you to move in my life, so I can be a witness, even though I'm terrified to do that. I'm asking you to move in my life and provide that power." Secondly, so we, so this week, every maybe daily, just say, "Lord." I'm a believer. I love Christ. I'm so grateful, but I'm terrified to talk to other people. I need for you, Holy Spirit, to move in my life so that I will be able to cross over and be a witness. Secondly, um, I want you to consider how you can act locally as a believer, meaning I want you to think, and some of you maybe even had somebody pop into your head right now. You will. Um, I want you to think of maybe one person that I mean, we don't know for certain whether people know Jesus or not, and y'all, it's not up to us to judge. We just go with good news, right? Um, but I want you to think of one person that you think might need the grace and love and relationship that that Christ gives through His sacrifice and and this this love that comes into our life. Think of that one person, and and ask God again. This is prayer. Lord, would You give me an opportunity to be with that person and not even saying you need to like do what I did as a new Christian. Hey, uh, I'm Joseph. Are you going to hell or heaven? I mean, not that. Okay. Um, but maybe just catching up with them in their lives. Could you just be more interested in them than you and just see what happens? Talk about life with somebody and you can talk about your life and there's your chance, right? You listen to their life. You talk about yours. There's your chance to be a witness. And it doesn't have to be this like hard thing. So that's number two. Who might you actually be a witness to locally? Asking for the power of the Holy Spirit and asking for somebody to connect with. And then thirdly, are you a world Christian? Are you helping to mobilize others to cross oceans and cultures and languages to be witnesses On our behalf, I want you to consider being a part of this and really saying, I'm going to be a world Christian and I'm going to be it right here with these people I'm meeting on Wednesday night. And I'm going to be a part of their ministries uh, where they are. And maybe you can even go visit them because they do love for you to, to visit them. So there are people in the greater Jackson area right now that, you know, maybe they're just good old southern people. You know, just following the good Lord. Just have no clue what the meaning of the cross is. Maybe God will use you. Maybe maybe there's somebody right now that's just kind of out in the greater Jackson area that this time next year they'll be with us and we'll know them and we'll love them as brothers and sisters. Wouldn't that be exciting? And uh, And there are people in different continents of the world living without the grace of Christ and this time... Next year, through those missionaries living locally, maybe those people will be your brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And maybe you'll get to meet them in heaven one day. Is this exciting to you? This is exciting to me. This is the purpose of the power. And it's where we're going this week. So be here Wednesday night. Come along this journey into Acts 1-8 to be local and world Christians. Let's pray together. Lord, it is exciting. Um, your grace is so amazing. We we all, in, at some point in our life, tried to negotiate salvation with you. We tried to be good enough, and uh, we weren't. Uh, or we tried to define what it is on our own, and it just really failed. But thank you, Lord, that in our hopelessness and helplessness, In our great need, you didn't wait for us to find a way to get to you. You came to us and you lived on this earth and you died in our place taking the punishment that we deserve before a holy God in our place. Thank you that when we come to you, there's no more condemnation for those that have been forgiven through what you've done, Jesus, on the cross. Thank you that when we come to you, we are adopted into your family and we're given the Holy Spirit. Lord, there are many of us who've walked with you for quite some time. And this, this Acts 1-8 comes as a, as a needed refresh and revisioning, and reinvigoration of our lives personally. Would you do that in our lives? Lord, we don't know what it would look like for a move of the Holy Spirit to happen here concerning witnessing, but would you do it? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.